Your life is lived every day, and what happens between Sundays matters. Join Nate and Kate as they take, oftentimes, big ideas and make them practical for everyday life. This is the Between Sundays podcast with Nate and Kate Thompson. Hey, welcome to the Between Sundays with Nate and Kate. I am one of your hosts, Nate Thompson, with my lovely wife here. Katie Thompson. And thanks for tuning in and joining us today. We want to remind you that we live life every single day. And what happens between Sundays matters. Mm-hmm. Yes, we, um, we're just ordinary people living our lives for Jesus, trying to just do the best we can. And we are sharing just some of the things that we go through and experience with you here on the show. And uh, this is actually, we're wrapping up our second season. So mm-hmm. we've been recording and putting out podcasts all year. And we just want to say thank you for listening and for sticking with us and uh, for giving us feedback. We would love some more uh, feedback, topic ideas. If you have anything, you can send those over to us at myhopefm.net on our podcast page. Absolutely. So if you're just tuning in, you've got um, a previous season, you can go back and enjoy all the fun things that we talk about. Mm-hmm. But today, last episode of the year, we're talking about, we're just going to do a little throwback style salvation. Yes. What does it mean? What what what, ha- what's, what does it look like in our life? How has it changed? That kind of thing. Beautiful thing. Yes. From a little caterpillar to a beautiful butterfly. It is it in is. a lot of ways because as soon as we, when we get saved, which we'll talk about what we think that means, a lot of things start happening and changing in our spirit and in our lives and the way we live. So let's get into it. Okay. I'm going to throw this question to you. What... What even is it? What is salvation in the sense of let's go from all the just those churchy people practically born in church all the way to somebody who's like, I don't even know what you're talking about, you nut job. So let's go to the whole gamut. What do you think it is, babe? How would you describe it, I guess? Salvation is for me and when i look back on my experience and what i believe the bible says it's when you make the decision that you believe in jesus and then you start living like god is real and like jesus is real and that he is who he says he was mm-hmm. which is the christ the messiah one of the first bible verses that i learned was romans 10 9 and it says if you confess with your mouth that jesus is lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And I just want to confirm, she just was looking at me when she said that. She didn't even read it. That was She actually knows that scripture. I do. It was one of the first ones that we learned in youth group. So yeah. I remember that one really well. I like that. Had it memorized for a lot of years, Nate. Yeah. I, would, I, I agree with everything you said, obviously. I think that is very good. And I think um, I wrote down that like someone like salvation is when you accept the idea that Jesus is God. And that he provided a way for humanity to be reconciled back to God. Mm-hmm. That's what I think about, and I think it starts. I think it starts with a concept for me of like one is just the reality that Jesus was a human, a person that walked on this earth, confirmed historically as a real idea. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of grip that, and then you got to go farther into it. You got to look at what he said and what he did, and he leaves you one option: that he was God. So then you have to determine, do you believe it or not? Right. And then you step farther past the reality of humanity into like faith, into the deity, into eternity. 
That's what I think about. Yeah. That's how weird I get with it. And then just that idea. I love that. It says it, I believe it says it in like uh, Colossians about just he reconciled us back to God. Like I love mm-hmm. that like phrase to like that. He, he was like, I want, I want this portion of creation back. Right. Right. And I love it. I think even just the word salvation can mean something to us. Like it can mean freedom or um, just not being captive to something that maybe you were captive to before, like Mm -hmm. just the word salvation. And I think it ties in with so many other concepts in Christianity. Like you think about the gospel, like maybe some people would say that you're saved when you receive the gospel or Mm -hmm. you, you receive the good news. Um, so there's a lot of different topics that can tie into this, but we just wanted to, to give like a basic, like what it, what it really boiled down to when we felt like we were saved were those moments when we said, no, we believe this is real. We believe that Jesus is real, that the Bible is real, that there is a God and he sent his son, Jesus Christ. And those were the moments to us that when we think about salvation, that's what we think Babe, I, I love to even just honing in the concept of like being saved from something because then that's the question I think a lot of people even have is like what am I even being saved from right like it's, well, a, it's like, like a Christian terminology yeah. like getting saved and yeah are you saved yeah um, yeah which is not a bad terminology at no. all because it's it's in the Bible it's real well yeah. I don't know if like getting saved but like Paul was like you want to get saved <laughs> 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 I think of though the idea behind it that I wonder that goes often unexplained mm-hmm. is one thing I think about with Christianity is Jesus himself said, you're going to still have like trials and you're still going to have life kicking you in the face, mm-hmm. even when you deny yourself and follow him. Right. And I think a lot of times for me growing up, Christianity was, I'm going to say the word sold to me on the idea that Jesus is going to make everything great. And mm-hmm. You're going to be just awesome now because you're saved. What I think I've learned with the idea is this first is recognizing if I'm thinking of it from eternity to here, there's nothing that I can do to get through the idea of eternity by myself. So what am I being saved from? You know, I'm being saved from the absence of God Mm -hmm. once I I pass into the afterlife. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But like how there's nothing you can do to do it. And then to see that apart from him, we are, I don't know, man, our hearts are, are sketchy. You know, we're very, we have a selfish bend and like a, uh, an inability to like help ourselves mm-hmm. beyond the moment. And I think sometimes even in the moment, we think we have everything under control. But when you step back and look at it, there's, there's very little in this life that you've got a grip on. Mm-hmm. So when I think of like salvation, I just think of it in a way of like, there's nothing I can do about it. And I love yeah. the idea that he did everything. And it's, it really is like a big picture concept. Mm-hmm. Like you have to be thinking outside of your, your, uh, just what you do. Well, maybe not. Let me try to explain this. Unpack, what I'm yeah, let's just work through it. Go okay. Ahead. So the idea of like, I'm being saved from, let's say I was struggling with an addiction or a sin or something. Yes. Jesus may deliver me from that, but this is like a bigger picture idea than that. And I feel like with anything spiritual or religious, we do need to step back a little bit and see the bigger picture, get more perspective on it. And then we can kind of hone it in to the point where we see how it applies to our life. But the concept of salvation is so big that to see it as a spiritual reality and not just a reality that impacts our here and now, because what I think about what it has meant through the centuries and through the ages 
where in Jesus's day, salvation to them, if they were looking at their like external circumstances, it may have meant like freedom from oppression um, by a government or like uh, maybe for some people, freedom from the heaviness of religious laws where for us, we may not take those specific things that are specific to their culture, but the spiritual principle applies no matter what. Mm-hmm. Like we have all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. We all have mistakes we've made in our life. And that's Jesus saves us from the consequences of those things. And he gives us fresh starts and he allows us to, to um, experience heaven coming to earth now and eternity in our lives now in Mm -hmm. some senses and then we get to continue that after we die is what we believe you know c.s lewis had that i've said it before i think on here but when he said i wrote a a quote from him was jesus didn't come to make bad people good he came to make dead people alive Mm -hmm. and i feel for me personally that really sums up the concept of salvation it's not that I'm going to do good now and check off these boxes. It's just my my right. little spirit went from being dead to being alive. Yeah, and if you if you pull that then into like the physical, even um, something we can kind of relate it to is when you're alive spiritually, you keep living and living and living, and things get better and better and better as you keep go- going in the spirit. Where if you if you don't have that salvation or you d- you don't have that belief, then it's almost like you're living life from the idea of like you're dying. So you want to live right now so that it makes a difference once you die. Mm-hmm. And for us, it's like, no, this is just the beginning and it's only going to get better and better and better forever, like for all eternity, because it's yeah. a spiritual thing, not just like it doesn't just relate to a physical here and now natural type thing. Next question. Yeah. Oh, next question. Okay. It was, tell, when did you become a believer, man? <laughs> Like, let's okay. get that testimony going, girl. Okay, so i i was I went to church as a kid, and um, so I knew Bible stories. My mom taught Sunday school. My dad attended church, and then at some point, I kind of just lost interest. I didn't have friends there. I wasn't engaged in what was happening at that specific church. But then I feel like the Lord just put people in my path that got me in the right place at the right time. So. I had an across-the-street neighbor whose mom worked with a youth pastor, Man, not at the church, but the youth pastor had a job out, not at the church. So she worked with him at that job at like a nursing home. Right. So then he was trying to get her to bring her kids to church to the youth group, and then her daughter invited me. So we went together, and I think we had gone for a few Wednesdays or Sundays or whatever. And it's crazy because the church was just totally outside by box. Like I had grown up going to a Methodist church <laughs> and the church that he invited us to was a Pentecostal church. Guys are wild. And they were having a revival service. Getting after it. So I was like, whoa, I've yeah. never seen people be this loud and this crazy at church before. Um, so there was part of it that was just like curious to me. Yeah, like what? Yes. We got going on here. But there was part of it, the more I went, that really spoke to me. Because I think even as a kid at 12 years old, I um, I had this understanding that I do stuff wrong. So all of it is just stacking up against me somewhere in this this make-believe world that I didn't quite grasp yet. 
But I think I just hit a point where it was like one day, I think he, he offered every time that we were there, like, if you want to be saved, if you want to receive Jesus, it's just as simple as saying this prayer, like, you know, God, I confess that I've sinned and um, I want to ask forgiveness for my sins and I choose to follow you. And it was just a very simple thing. And so I heard it, you know, several weeks, the one time after another. And for some reason, one week, it just hit me like I, I need to do this. And so I did like it was like after the service, my friend and I both went and asked him, if he could pray with us and he did. And then I remember he would like say, this is the best decision you'll ever make. And I believed that in my young heart. I was like, yes, and I'm not turning back. It's and, amazing to me that, that you had a grip on that idea. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know that I, I didn't know what it was. Like I, I think my spirit knew it was the right time in my spirit for some reason. And, and God found me and I'm no one special that I would have made that decision like more so than somebody else and just stuck with it. But um, yeah, it was just, it was just God. It just Mm -hmm. was. And then I think from there, I've just gone through so many different stages and I'm only just now realizing how, like from when I received Jesus at 12 years old, um, there's, that's when the, the sanctification or the, the, where Jesus really starts working in you and, and, making you more like him and you can see his righteousness coming out in your life and you can see the more the more you work with him and he changes your heart and you start living like he's changed your heart then he gives you something else to to be excited about and go after it just becomes like the cycle of you continue moving forward and um i'm just now kind of starting to understand that when i was saved it was really just the beginning mm-hmm. it was just the beginning of starting and then at uh, starting to live for jesus and then at 12 years old it's just so interesting because we took our son, Bear, to youth group, and he's 12 years old. And when we took him for the first time, it's it, there's part of me where over the years since I was saved, I've gained some cynicism towards just the way we do church sometimes. And like it seems orchestrated or it seems like sometimes I can be kind of critical of some of the things that we're taught. You know, mm-hmm. like we grew up in a very purity culture type youth group and I, I see the purpose for it. I'm not I'm not like trying to condemn it or anything. I I feel like I would change things a little bit at how things were explained now. But so anyway, I feel like I had become just cynical of some of the things about youth group since we we've grown up and went through it and moved on. And then Bear went to youth group and it was funny because it's very similar to what I would have experienced when I first went mm-hmm. to youth group at 12 years old. So he came in, they played a game, they yeah. sang some Ice songs. Breakers. Yeah, they sang song sang songs with a worship band and then there was a lesson. Like it was very similar. But my heart wasn't like, uh, I don't want him to do this like I did. My heart was just like, Yes, Lord. Like he's still working in that. Mm-hmm. And like to see like Bear just worshiping and praising God in that setting to me was something there was something kind of sweet about it yeah. because I can see how the Lord works in that. I dig that. Yeah, so that was a long story made long. That's okay. How about you? I grew up just full exposure to the gospel. Like mom and dad were just after it. And I would just know all of the Bible stories and all of the things. In Sunday school, I was kind of like always had my hand up. I just knew all about it. And then um, 
And mom and dad would do stuff at home. Like they lived out the gospel. It wasn't like a check off idea to them. So then, but I was a little rascal. I wasn't like you. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know, by like middle school, by the time I was turning 12, I was like, I know a ton of stuff. And then by high school, I can remember being like an outreach program to some kids in high school that went to, funny enough, the very youth group that Bear is going to right now Mm -hmm. at Hillside. And they would like, the three of them would kind of team up on me trying to get me to come to the church and we would get into discussions and I'm like, I know a lot. You guys are coming at me with stuff and I knew everything that they were saying. If I'm not saying like I knew more, but I was very well versed in the gospel because I grew up that way. But I just didn't care to know it and to, to believe it, I guess. And then it wasn't until I graduated high school and I had like this like come to Jesus moment. I was driving to work and I just felt there's no other way to describe it than just it was God like finding me. Mm-hmm. And just the simple question that like burned, not even in my mind, but it was like in my like, in my being, I don't know how else to describe it that way, but it was, what are you doing? And not condemning and not um, anything. I just remember it just, it it blew out like my paradigm of like, what am I doing? Like mm-hmm. It had just such a um, an overarching idea because I was, I had no real direction in mm-hmm. life of any sort. And I had, not, like, I was just, I don't know. And I went to work. And then after that, it was just like, I just knew I think I need to, I, I went to the church because it was kind of like, well, I know this, this is not normal for me to be thinking this. And this isn't, I believe this is God. So I went and started kind of inquiring on some things. And I came to a spot where I decided I'm going to believe what I know. And from there, I just really just started, um, I don't know, it's like the lights just, it was like the idea of turning on lights in a house that was like furnished. Mm-hmm. Like I had so much like, head knowledge of the Lord that once I like activated the faith and the belief within it, it was just like, you could use it. You could sit on the furniture and (laughs) turn on the heat. (laughs) Yeah. And I remember just like, I made some like, uh, just some strong decisions, like people I would hang out with and things that I was doing. I was just like, yeah, I'm going to make some hard, hard left turns, Mm -hmm. two left turns and just keep going straight. That's kind of what I did. So that was me. Yeah. I was, yeah. So how do you think like from going from that age at 18 to now, how has the idea of salvation changed for you? Or how, what have you Hmm. really like learned and grown in over the years? I am, well, one thing I guess now that I mean, I'm a 42 and then I remember just being a part of things within the church, like the structure of like the machine. That's how I still view it. Like that's not a bad thing. Sometimes it is a bad thing, but as like a whole, like it's just the recognition of when you have something that has grown with, you know, you have say 100, 200, 500 people, you have to have structure. You can't sure. be just willy nilly. So being a part of like different churches in the area that are just structured to like have a church service. and. Mm-hmm. And then I, uh, I've been a musician, so you know I played the drums and stuff like that. So I was always kind of like valued within the church because <laughs> you could play an instrument. You had a useful skill. Yeah, you know. So it's like so I was I kind of grew up doing that kind of stuff, and then that that always it always comes with that's like a double edged sword that idea to me because there's it's just tricky, man. Like the music and the uh, where some people look at it like a performance portion of things and some are like no it's just all about worship and there's just this uh there's a line that 
can just get easily muddied and easily mixed up mm-hmm. and then easily straightened right back out. And I've just seen it over all of the years. So that was like kind of initially, I want to say I was, I think I was very task oriented with with my faith mm-hmm. and it got um, in good ways. And then again, just like anything that sits out on a counter can go sour, you know? So it was like some things got weird over the years and then I felt like the Lord would just straighten them out. So I think I went from initially the idea would be like, almost like that question was like the starting point of like, what are you doing? And then I started doing things for the Lord. And then I think now my perspective is, and maybe it's just me, the way I word it, I don't know, but it helps my um, my mind and my faith word more. I'm more now concerned about the offering that I'm bringing the Lord mm-hmm. than what I'm doing. Sure. And some people would say that's the same thing, and it, it might be, but I think the position of the heart determines the outcome of what it is. So because um, if I think of at the end of the day, what am, what am I bringing to the Lord? And if I had to sit down with him and dissect the things, I would be way happier to bring him a trinket that I made than a list that I checked off. Right. You know, and like, I, so I view things a lot different now. Mm-hmm. that way. Thanks for being here with Between Sundays. Don't forget to rate the podcast and share your feedback here or online at myhopefm.net. Yeah, I think kind of on a similar vein, I think when I first started like following Jesus, I there really was in my mind a list of like don't do this. Don't mm-hmm. do this because sometimes youth group feels like that. Because yeah. <laughs> I think sometimes with like kids or teenagers, you feel like it's going to be helpful just to be straightforward with you. I'm going to tell you, don't do this. Yeah. Um, so I feel like there there was just like a list of things to not do. Like this is something really funny, but I remember learning the word secular. Like when I first went to youth group, and secular is like anything that's not Christian. Yeah. So if it's secular music, it's not Christian music. If Watch it's a secular out. movie, it's not like a faith-based movie. So um, there was like an element of my life that it felt like I wasn't supposed to do anything secular. So Watch at 12 years old, like what was I yeah. really doing? But it's it's funny because I think my mom was really worried about me because like I had like these little Disney figurines and stuff and I was like, I'm going to get rid of them. Oh, they're not Christian things. Like they're secular things. Talking mouth, <laughs> demonic. <laughs> Gosh, it's funny to think about now, but as a 12 year old, yeah, you were that was hitting hard for you. I had what was I bringing? Like, I just, you were like, (laughs) but it was honestly, it was a way of like, I recently read that in in pagan cultures, like in Jesus's time, part of what they would do, like, if you were, if you were joining a cult or something, you would get rid of your old clothes and you would put on the new clothes that that represented the new thing. And I feel like as a Christian, sometimes we want to do something. Mm -hmm. Like we want to show this was my old part of my old nature and this is my new nature. And maybe baptism is that thing (laughs) that I could have done. (laughs) No, I got a couple of Mickey Mouse I don't know. But, you know, and honestly, at 12 years old, like, yes, that was a very innocent thing. But even at 12, I had experienced um, the idea of trying to be trying to experiment with almost like different versions of myself. Like, did I fit in with this group? Like Mm -hmm. the kids who dressed in black and were goth and listened to like just evil sounding music. Was I more a part of this group? Like at that age, I had already tested some things out. I had been exposed to witchcraft. I had friends who stole things and who were kind of sketchy. And like, Mm -hmm. so it's not that at 12 years old, I had nothing that I had 
to surrender to the Lord as part of like a sinful nature. But in my in my zeal, yeah. I really wanted to get rid of the things that didn't represent the Lord. And I think that, you know, now I look at things a little differently, but that was just so sincere in my heart. So where I think it started off at that, and it was it was sincere and it was zealous, but um, now it's grown much more from like a list of things not to do, which again, like going back to the list of things not to do, I think having that kind of protected me in mm-hmm. some ways because it did give me some just hard and fast guidelines of things to follow. So I'm not saying it was bad, but now my heart is more in a position of who do I want to be for the Lord? So the more I just look at Jesus, the less it's about what not to do. It's just about following him. So like just focusing on the person he does want me to be and who I want to be. And then that is more of my guiding factor now than the things not to do. What's interesting, though, is even for the 12-year-old little Kate who was like, all right, I'm realigning my little 12-year-old life. Mm-hmm. What's amazing is that's the, it's all, it's the same layout when Jesus comes to all, every one of us. And mm-hmm. he goes to little 12-year-old Kate and, you know, 40-year-old Ron, who's been at it all, you know, 40 years running in the wrong direction. And he says the same thing, deny yourself and follow me. Right. And you've got things as a as just a little kid of like, well, I've been exposed to these things. I'm going to deny these six things that I've been exposed to that don't line up with what I'm hearing about you. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, old man Ron has got 400 things that he's got to like deny. Yeah. yeah. But it's the same. It's the Lord is even across the board with all of it. So mm-hmm. it's like you can discount the idea that it's like, oh, you know, not you're not you're not, but we can as a people like discount. Well, a little kid doesn't know anything or whatever. But I beg to differ because I'm hearing you right now, and you did know something, mm-hmm. and you knew I these little things as trivial as they are to a forty year old. These things are a big deal to me right now. Yeah, and, and who is to say what is the age that. where your faith can really start growing? Mm-hmm. Because you, it's sincere when it when it is when you make that decision. It is sincere. So. Like, yeah, between the ages when I was like maybe 12 and 18, like it was just dealing with things that were more having to do with that age group. So I, it was more like I memorized scripture because that's what the youth pastor said. I read my Bible out of duty, you know, Mm -hmm. out of just learning to do it. Um, But that wasn't a bad thing. I think that was probably actually very appropriate for that time of life. You know, as long as it was also explained that it's it's out of love, it's out of, yeah. you know, wanting to know the Lord more, which it was. Um, and then I think once I got into my 20s and even closer to 30s, I just became more enamored with like, wow, this book, the Bible has so much life in it, where I just desired to understand more deeper meaning. And then only recently have I really started to think like, even just differently about it more, where I've just I feel like I've grown in even a different way where I desire not only just to like consume it and read it, but I want to like really understand it. Mm-hmm. I just want to like suck the juice out of it. Yeah. <laughs> Dehydrate that stuff. <laughs> so yeah, I feel like that's that's natural for your faith to grow and change over the years. Do you have a moment or multiple moments or whatever where there was a portion that was just the most challenging part to your current position like within your faith of deciding to be like all right i'm gonna do this i'm all in was there a part that was like the hardest part or is it just kind of like how do you view that 
No, I, for me, there really wasn't a part that was the hardest part. I think that it's like, there can be things that are more difficult, like, you know, just going through high school. If you don't have a lot of other Christian friends, you can feel kind of lonely or, um, you know, then if you're in college and a lot of people may not share your values, like at your university, you know, that can be yet a different challenge. And then in your workplace, how do you live that out? Like, and not just complain about your job, but really like try to be a positive representative of the Lord, you mm-hmm. know, wherever you go. So I don't know, there really hasn't been like some one big thing that's been an obstacle for me. I feel like it's all just been growing to the next thing, yeah. maturing kind of stuff. From glory to glory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember initial, my initial like startup cost was my friends. Mm. And I think, I don't know. I'm sure there's so many people that would relate to that concept. I think maybe because I was a little bit even like coming in around like 18 or 19 or whatever I was, 18. You know, you have you have an established group. And a lot of the times that's like your people that you carry through life with in mm-hmm. a way, like if, as long as you keep in contact with them. And I remember like funny portion is some like the I still am now friends with the majority of my good friends at the time where they've all they're all believers as well now but I remember the one specific is who is now my brother-in-law Brad (laughs) me and him became friends in ninth grade we were locker partners and um yeah we were not doing (laughs) not living for the Lord at that point we're passing out tracks on a Saturday (laughs) I'll tell you that so um I remember when I just like ghosted that dude. I was like, yeah, I can't hang around with this guy for a bit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it was, I'm so grateful that the Lord, you know, found Bradley because yeah. now he's my brother in law. So that's neat. Yeah. When I think about when I first started going to church and got saved and the people who were around me at that point, it is kind of interesting because I can think of, some who are strong believers still, and then others who are not. Mm-hmm. Like they just, they went a different direction. And I don't know how I feel about that. Like I don't really have an answer towards that. Like how in my heart and in my spirit did that stick more so than in somebody else's? Or, you know, what was different about it for me? And I think that that is, that is a little bit of, not like a stumbling block, but it is definitely something that stops to make me think, you know? Yeah. And we're also individual. So I know there's not probably ever an answer that I'll understand on this side of eternity or anything, but it's just, it is interesting how like my testimony and your testimony about being saved and following Jesus, it's unique. And I think it's meant to be unique and it's definitely not any type of template. Like everybody's situation is going to be a little bit different because if I think about, you know, my friends and I who were in a very similar spot and then for me, I'm still following the Lord these years later and maybe they, maybe they are, maybe they're not, maybe they're questioning or just in a different spot. It's like, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. It's like we all, we're all kind of figuring it out in different ways and at different times. I don't know that we understand what salvation is. I know. I was just thinking that. Because we're so quick to like um, cookie cutter it out. Yeah. And even for those friends, it's not like I would say they're not saved or they were never saved, but it's just like we went different ways, like for sure. So it's just, you know, it's interesting, I guess, just to say that just because I went to youth group at 12 years old and I was saved and just continued to follow the Lord, if your 12 year old isn't doing that, it's fine. Like well, they, the not. Lord, pray for them. <laughs> keep keep encouraging them in the Lord. But you know, it's just yeah. everybody's story is a little different. Yeah, I totally agree. I think um, we could all use more 
patience with each other and our walks with the Lord mm-hmm. and like for that time of growth. Like I, I'm all I'm thinking about is like trees, like trees. There's so many different types of trees and growth rates and all these things. And I think sometimes the church or as a believer, you want to imagine that everybody is the same exact tree and they're supposed to grow the same and look the same like a Christmas tree farm or something. And when I was cleaning out our property in the back, it's just amazing to see like there's this one tree that I built the Bears tree house on. Mm-hmm. And the trunk of it is bent sideways and the tree came up. Yeah. And it's because that little tree, when it was little, is trying to get light, but it's blocked out by everything around it. So it, it truly grows in a direction that seems unnatural. And I think if you like give things time to grow and you nourish it the right way, it might look not like your tree, but it's not our tree to determine. It's the Lord's, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think sometimes you want to rush somebody. We want to rush this growth process because I'm so guilty of wanting my friends. And this is arrogant. And we do it. We all do it where you you're like, if you could at least do what I'm doing or more. Mm -hmm. And what a weird thing to say out loud when it's like, well, no, what if they're not? (laughs) <laughs> you know, like just to give it room for the Lord to grow the fruit and right. the tree and to prune mm-hmm. it and for us to be, you know, to be a part of that, but to know our lane in that and to know right. our role in it. And so often I think we try to we try to grab like the pruning shears of the gospel yeah. to like hack a little tree apart. Instead of presenting it and pointing to it and mm-hmm. just letting people decide. And protecting it yeah. in a way that's like gives it time to grow but we want to rush it Mm -hmm. i don't think i i don't know i don't know sometimes that we understand what salvation even fully is right if you had something that you've taken from like where you're at right now something that you've learned or where you're at with salvation just like right at this moment what would you what is that for you i think uh, one thing that's living like really up front in my brain right now with the gospel is when um, teachers of the law back in the day and these Pharisees, they came to Jesus and said, what is it to do the work of God? And he said, it's to believe in the one whom he sent. Mm-hmm. And I really want to lean into that portion in life right now. That is more than enough work for my life. It's to just simply believe that Jesus is God. And then looking at, just start by looking at some of the commandments he just asked us to do. And if you just start with what his lens of like the Torah and how he viewed it, his yoke of love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Like just start there. Like mm-hmm. that to me, I'm I'm like, that's, I'm like back to square one. Here I am. And I know that I've got a, I know that I have a deeper base and a wider foundation, but it's just amazing how, like you said, like there's so much within the, the books of the Bible that are alive that come back around and it just tastes so different the next time you read it or hear it or see it and get eyes on it so like that to me is where i'm kind of like living and breathing lately is just that yeah i think two things for me is one thing is um i'm just very grateful for people who did share the gospel with us like thinking back to that youth pastor and just what a difference that made in my life Mm -hmm. and i it just i want to read these scriptures it's from romans 10 still which i was I said Romans 10, 9 earlier, but um, just to start at Romans 10, verse 14, it says, but how are they to call on him and whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? 
So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. And I just am grateful that somebody did believe enough to, mm-hmm. to preach the gospel to me in my life, which just in this case looked like asking their coworker to invite their daughter to church. Yeah. You know, I'm just grateful that somebody did that and that that made such a big impact on me. Um, and the same youth pastor kind of right. made an impact on you too. Yeah. And just being grateful for that in the moment. Shout out to Pastor Ron. Yeah. <laughs> Going and, after it. And then the other thing where I'm at right now is like, how you were saying about just the more you read the Bible, like it just, it tastes differently sometimes the next time you come across a scripture and you start to chew on it. Um, I think that that's similar to me. I the, like the longer I'm saved, I feel like the softer I am towards people who are different from me or who believe differently from me because like I'm 100% convinced that Jesus is God, that the Bible is true and it is the ultimate authority in my life. And if I have a decision to make, the Bible is going to determine how I make that decision. But I feel like I'm softer towards, you know, maybe other believers who are working out their salvation and it looks different or people who are just really wrestling with it to try to to try to figure out, is this truth? Mm -hmm. Um, Because just the more I read the Bible, the more I understand that you know, I might think I know something and then I realize like, whoa, that is nowhere near what I thought it meant. Or, yeah. you know, it just gives me a little more grace and mercy in my life. Um, and I feel like that's something with the church is it's easy for people, the longer you've been saved or it, it can be easy to get hardened against people who are different instead of getting softer. And I feel like if your heart is getting harder towards people who are different from you, if the gospel for some reason is making that's what it brings out in your life. I think it's time to check, reevaluate, the reevaluate gospel the gospel you're believing. Yeah, because that should be making us softer towards the people around us. And I'm not saying that because, like, oh, I feel softer, so that just must be the right way to do it. But there's just a certain humility there that when you know, especially when you've had specific things in your life come up, like I've had things where I have told people in my life, like, no, you shouldn't be drinking that alcohol. No, you shouldn't do this or you shouldn't do that. And then to read the word of God and have that come alive to me in a different way and realize like, whoa, that was never my place to say that. Mm -hmm. Like that's humbling. And that's how I can say the gospel is making me softer and not harder because I've been convicted by the Holy Spirit in different areas where it's like I've been learning that more. Real life with the Lord. Yeah. So I I don't know. I feel like that's where I'm at right now is I want to know truth and I want to be able to speak truth. I want to be confident in what I'm telling people about the Word of God without like making it about knowledge or about being arrogant and just continuing to have like a soft heart towards people. Dude, I take that, babe. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in this season with us. This is our last episode for the season. Yeah. So we'll be back around for season three. We got some ideas for that. We'll and if you have suggestions for us, drop us a note yes. at myhopefm.net. Do that. On our podcast page. So remember, you live life every day and what happens between Sundays matters. Thanks for listening. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Between Sundays podcast. If you have questions or want to connect further, visit the podcast page at myhopefm.net. And remember, your life is lived every day and what happens between Sundays matters.